You are listening to the Already Gone Podcast, sharing stories of the missing, the murdered, the mysterious, and the lost. This episode is the second of two being released the week of January 15th. Make sure that you don't miss episode 81, Deborah Polinsky. Now, I generally cover cases that are older, where the leads are cold and the case sits largely forgotten. This week is different. I'm speaking with a family who is searching for a loved one who disappeared from the Detroit area in August of 2017. Donnie Martin III, a hardworking young man from a good family. Donnie was battling addiction and his family fears that his demons, well, they put him in a dangerous situation. Donnie Martin has not been seen since midday on Thursday, August 3rd, 2017. At the time he vanished, there was coverage of his case. The Oakland Press ran a story. He was also covered on our NBC and ABC affiliate stations here in the Detroit area. And today I'm speaking to his older sister, Angie, and she's going to fill us in on his case and hopefully we can help bring Donnie home. And for our listeners, could you please tell us who you are? My name is Angie Cox, and I am Donnie Martin, the third sister. And Donnie is your younger brother? He is. And he's been missing since August of 2017? That's correct. Donnie disappeared in August. Can you tell us about the days leading up to his disappearance and then the day that he actually disappeared? He was the average person. I mean, he went to work every day. I I actually spoke to him that morning. We texted back and forth. And he left work at between 1030 and 11 a.m. And that was it. Was that a normal time for him to leave work? No, actually, um, they got off early that day because everybody was going up north. And they, it was actually a Thursday. Generally, they worked Thursday and Friday, and they worked fuller days. But they got off early because everyone was going up north. And he walked away at that time, and that was it. So for my listeners who aren't in Michigan, when we say going up north, it basically means you're going out of town for the weekend, probably up to a cabin or cottage or campground in the northern exactly. part of Michigan. Right. And so... Everybody cut out early that day, midday, Thursday. Everybody's like, all right, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Right. And where where was he when work ended? Where was the job? Tamal and the Quinder area. Okay, so it was in Warren, not too far from where he lives? Actually, Madison Heights. Okay. Right. All right, so on the west side of Tamal and the Quinder. And so it's not too far from his home. Everybody heads out. And did he have a car or a bike or was he on foot? He was on foot. So if he was leaving the area, do you think he got picked up or got a ride or took a bus? I would assume he either took the bus or walked. Okay. And neither one would be out of character for him. Right. That's how he got everywhere. Okay. He was not driving? No. Okay. And his, when he left, do you know who the last person was to have seen him? My husband. 
And what was your brother wearing at the time that he disappeared? Blue jeans, a red T-shirt, and van shoes. And your brother, I'm, I'm going to post pictures of him online, but your brother has these really beautiful big blue eyes. He does. <laughs> they're they're very noticeable. And he also has a couple of tattoos on his forearms and I believe one on his neck. Yes. He's got Chinese writing on his neck. Uh, he has his nose pierced and he has two, I'm not sure what they're called. They're like the eye piercing. Like up in the eyebrow? or Underneath his eye on the right side. And I can't remember what they're called. Okay. I'll ask my kids. They'll know what it's called. <laughs> the word that we were looking for is dermal. Donnie has a barbell-style dermal piercing near his cheekbone below his right eye. So he's red T-shirt, jeans, sneakers. Um, was he wearing a cap or was he, do you recall? No. Okay. And it was hot that day. Okay, so he's headed out on foot, and since we don't know where he went, we're guessing where he was going, and where where do you think he was headed? State Fair and John R. area. The area of State Fair and John R. Road is not one that I'm familiar with. When I began work on this case, I reached out to a couple of law enforcement contacts, and they let off with the same comment, Nina, do not go down there. In November of 2017, police made a drug bust in this area, taking down a grow house with $120,000 worth of product. The grow house was located in an abandoned party store directly across the street from the police precinct. This area, this triangle within the 11th precinct of the city, the neighborhoods are dotted with burned out homes, party stores, and drug houses. It's not a great place, and it's not a safe place. But this, this is where we lost Donnie Martin, and we need to bring him back. In the days following his disappearance, law enforcement canvassed this area along John R. Road between 7 and 8 Mile, moving west toward Woodward Avenue. They were looking for anyone who may have seen Donnie or knew of his whereabouts. They didn't have much luck, but they did make sure that Donnie's missing persons posters are displayed both in the 11th precinct and the nearby Hamtramck Police Department. Your brother was struggling with some addiction issues. He was. And State Fair and John R. area, that's in Detroit. It is the northeastern part of the city, sort of northeast central, and it is not the best neighborhood. Not at all likely that he was down there to either use drugs or purchase drugs or meet up with someone for one of those activities. Yep. I understand that you reported him missing to the Madison Heights police. Can I ask when the alarm was raised? I knew Thursday evening. I was actually headed up north myself, and his girlfriend called me at about 5 and asked me what time he had gotten off work. And that had already been six hours since he right. had left. So I knew that's probably where he was headed. I called him quite a few times, and he never answered. Did it ring and, and started, ring, or did it go right to voicemail? It rang. 
Okay. And I left him a few messages and then I started texting him and he never responded to me. And at that point, I knew something was wrong because even when he had done this before, you know, went and gotten drugs or whatever he was doing, he still responded to me. Okay. His using was was a problem, but he was still working. He was functioning. He was in contact with his family. He had a relationship with a lady. You know, yes, he was, he was functional. a functional addict, I guess is what you would call them. Now, I'm going to ask, because my listeners will ask me if I don't ask you, his girlfriend has been ruled out. She's not a suspect in his disappearance? She's not. Okay. I did speak briefly with Detective Hartunian of the Madison Heights Police Department. He is in charge of the investigation into Donnie's disappearance, and he told me that Crime Stoppers is involved and there is a reward available for information leading to where Donnie is and bringing him home. Yes, there's a $2,500 reward at the moment. Okay, and I will put that information in the show notes and also on Facebook and on our website so that if listeners have information, they can pass that along to the proper authorities. Thank you. I've seen your posts in the Missing in Michigan group about Donnie's disappearance. Is there a Facebook page for him or anything like that? There's a Find Donnie Martin. Okay. And that's something that listeners could follow also? Yes. Okay. I'll also post a link to that in the show notes. Crime Stoppers has been set up and have you've been getting some tips and information about Donnie, but have any of those panned out? No. Uh, they've all been proven untrue. We had one just of, of yesterday, and he was supposedly released from the hospital, but the detective looked into it, and he was never at the hospital. I'm going to assume that Madison Heights Police have made phone calls to local emergency rooms or local hospitals to make sure that he's not on a hold somewhere or being treated somewhere for something, especially after this amount of time has passed. Yes. I I still call, even though that they tell me that because there's a missing persons report, the hospital will inform the police, but we still keep calling. Absolutely. Also. It doesn't hurt to double check. Is there anything that you would like to say about Donnie or that you would like to make sure gets out there to people in the area? I know people look at addicts like they're just a piece of trash, but he was a great guy. He looks he, like he, he was a great guy. He looks he, like he was a sweetheart. He really, really is. And I really need him to come home. I know. I know. Definitely not a choice I'm sure he wanted to make. I don't understand why it happens. But unfortunately, he fell under it. And this is your kid brother? My only brother. <laughs> yeah. I saw your father interviewed, I believe it was on Channel 7 News, and he's also involved in searching for your brother? Yes. And he's also in, in Madison Heights in the area? He is. Can can I ask you, like, where did Donnie go to school and, and like, where did he hang out? 
he actually lived up north, uh, about two hours from me in Roscommon. Oh, I know Roscommon. Okay. It's a he, little town in mid-Michigan. He moved down here 2014. And everything spiraled from there because apparently drugs are a lot easier to access here than they are up there. Yeah. I had read that he had been injured and the addiction sort of spiraled out of him being injured. He, When he lived up north, he worked at a restaurant and a big steel pallet of some sort, some sort smashed his ankle. And they told him that it like sliced his Achilles tendon. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. And pain pills started there and... Then it escalated. Yeah, and he's a physical guy. He, you know, working at a restaurant, that's difficult, hard work. You're on your feet all day. And then he was working in landscaping, and that's also, it's hot, you're running around, so you need to be able to do the physical work, and sometimes you can't manage it without taking something, but then it devolves. Exactly. And sadly, it has went to heroin. Yeah, it's it's frightening. What else do you want to share about Donnie? I, I'm going to release this episode as sort of a critical missing, asking listeners, I have a lot of listeners in the Detroit area, to please you know, keep an eye out, ask around. Somebody knows, you know, someone knows something. Some Exactly. Somebody knows something, whether it's something that we don't want to find out. I mean, I don't need details. I just need to know where he's at it's going to either be we're putting him in rehab or we're having him a funeral but we deserve to know absolutely you just you want an answer to the question right and it's not that if they call in anonymous they can stay anonymous we just need our hearts to not be as broken and not knowing where he's at is literally broken. I can't even imagine. <sighs> Somebody knows where he went. You know, even if they don't know. know where he is, they know where he went, and that can I'm, be the start to to getting it, you know, getting it moving. Thank you, Angie, for speaking with us about Donnie. Listeners, if you have information about the disappearance of Donnie Martin the third you can contact Detective Hartunian of the Madison Heights Police Department. He can be reached at 248-585-2100. If you have a tip and prefer to remain anonymous, contact Crime Stoppers at 1-800-SPEAK-UP. That's 1-800-773-2587. Or if you prefer to text your tip, That number is 274-637. If you or someone you love is struggling with addiction, there is help available. Visit na.org or ncadd.org for more information. Donnie Martin III is 30 years old, approximately 6 feet tall, with brown hair and bright blue eyes. 
He has facial piercings, one in his left nostril and a dermal piercing below his right eye. Mr. Martin also has several tattoos, including a Chinese character on his neck, Martin tattooed across his lower back, and other tattoos on his arms, including on the inside of his right arm and on his right wrist. Additional photos, stories, and details are available on our website at alreadygonepodcast.com. I will also share a link to the Find Donnie Martin Facebook group. After the closing, please stay tuned for a look at The Fall Line, a true crime podcast out of Georgia. Listeners, please make sure you're still subscribed to the Already Gone podcast. I have a new host, Podcast Detroit. And with changes to the Apple Podcast app, I'm hearing that some of you lost your subscriptions. If you have questions, comments, or feedback about the podcast, you can email me, host at alreadygonepodcast.com. You can also find me on Twitter at alreadygonepod, or join the Already Gone Podcast discussion group on Facebook. I'm Nina Instead the writer, producer, and voice behind the Already Gone podcast. Thank you for listening, and please, be safe. The Fall Line is a true crime audio serial that investigates cold cases in marginalized southeastern communities. Our first season, which has just been re-recorded, edited, and re-released, covered the case of missing Augusta, Georgia twins, Danette and Jeanette Millbrook, who disappeared in 1990. In season 1.5, we covered the 1989 disappearance of Brunswick, Georgia siblings Monica and Michael Bennett. Our second season, premiering in spring 2018, is our biggest yet. The story of multiple infants stolen from an Atlanta hospital, Grady Memorial, a facility that has been identified as having the highest newborn abduction rate in the nation. Two of those children are still missing today. We hope you'll join us as we search for answers in the cases of Tavish Sutton and Raymond Green and cover the stories of the babies who were eventually found and discover why so many have disappeared from Grady in the first place. Our season preview drops February 20th, and we hope you'll tune in.